Welcome to Broke News presented by Pop Dust, where we cover breaking stories to break your brain. Because with the state of the world right now, who wants a working brain? I'm Keith Baldwin, a sentient cluster of privilege. I'm joined by my co-hosts and fellow Pop Dust writers, Megan Hansen, who is one and a half children stacked inside of a trench coat, and Dan Kahn, the brief glimpse of a sly smile in the window of a passing train. How's it going, guys? What uh, What's going on with you? I thought you were going to introduce me as a cop again. Yeah, I thought Dan was cop. I thought Cop Dan was going to lead this whole thing. I had, I had, I had a whole cop shtick set up. <laughs> well, you didn't write the intro, man. You, you were, you oh, were no, gonna... I wasn't going to write it. I'm, I'm all about improv. I'm all about fast mm-hmm, moves, mm-hmm, fast mm-hmm. phrases. Yeah, I was going to come yeah. out real... I was going to come out swing and I was going to be like, hey, yo, it's me, Officer Danny. And then uh, I was going to do a bit about, uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean we, can, we, we can go into it later. That's fine. Dan, I mean, like when you're out on the streets, you think you think the thugs are going to give you uh, notice on what's happened? You got you to gotta roll with the punches. You know, how does TV Brooklyn, uh, how is TV Brooklyn managing okay this week, Officer Dan, with that accent where you're from, is TV Brooklyn? You know, they call me a, uh, they they call me a beat cop because I like to beat people up. (laughs) That's where it comes from. (laughs) Oh, I'm so glad that's not topical. Yeah. Can you imagine if, if, if um, police violence was in the news right now? Be really insensitive. Yeah. It's me. You know, I think, I think a good cop is a cop that only commits a few war crimes over the course of his career. No, no more than five. I thought a good cop was um, one who kept his same police baton throughout all the hate crimes of the 70s, 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. And today. Like my racist uh, uncle cop who died of shingles, and I now own his baton, which is funny because I'm not white. Um, you know, people people ask me why I became a cop, and I tell them, you know, I really wanted to protect law and order, but more importantly, I wanted to gas civilians. <laughs> um, I I just I like how uh, Meg's uncle's police baton operates like a uh, a shitty radio station with all the greatest hits of the 80s, 90s, and today. Yeah, my other cousin, uh, she got his handcuffs and his badge, and the handcuffs are almost definitely used for some, like, freaky sex with black guys, which you would hate. I really like it. Um, I'm sorry. We, are we kink-shaming now? Are we judging people's no, sex as her. freaky? I'm praising her, and I'm sorry, some things are objectively freaky, and it's a proud badge. <laughs> That's what she uses the badge for. It's a pink badge now. Let your your freak badge fly. Kind of unrelated, do you think CD sales have dropped recently for the police, the band? And... No, I I don't think CD sales have dropped recently for anyone, Dan. Well, if if there's an album of the police, The Greatest Hits... I feel like that might be a hard sell right now. <laughs> you know what, actually... Boomers buying CDs don't care. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I was 
I was joking about how no one buys CDs anymore, but that's a lie. People who listen to The Police absolutely buy CDs. Oh, yeah. N- nobody is downloading The Police on iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I, I was hoping we could uh, get into current events a little bit before we, <laughs> before we break into the weird stories. What do you mean? Um, Just <laughs> yeah, that was that was all very topical, relevant stuff. Um, I guess I'll mention that uh, today I, w- I was writing about uh, Law and Order and how oh, different- Law and Order SVU is my favorite <laughs> show. Not live PD, Dan? <laughs> uh, live PD, RIP. Hey, Cancel, hey, guys. Question. Uh, what do these three things have in common? All right, bean bags, mm-hmm. rubber, and metal. Um, all all three up. are things that I shoot at innocent protesters. Hey, NYPD blue. Laugh track, laugh track, laugh track. <laughs> so yeah, I <laughs> I kind of wrote about that this week about how. Uh, how police, uh, police procedural shows and other, other depictions of police on TV end up um, distorting the distorting people's views of, of police work, including the police themselves, who, you know, like Officer Dan here, may idolize these uh, these cowboy cops on TV who don't let the uh, the red tape get in their way, huh? Am I right? These pencil pushers trying to tell you how to do your job. Uh, damn it, Johnson. You mess things up, but you get the job done. <laughs> Did you just turn into a captain? I don't, like, captain? I don't like the way you do things, but god damn, you get results. The results, by the way, are convictions, convictions of young black men with marijuana, nonviolent offenses. Those are the results. <laughs> Good I like job, how you officer. were people in the last minute. Damn it, Johnson. If you crush... One more innocent civilian under your cruiser this week, I'll have your badge. For a promotion. <laughs> no, no, no. P- paid leave. Like, it's punishment no, for sure. Not. Realistically, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So I guess with that, uh, we might as well uh, get into the weirdness and break some brains. Let's, uh, let's get started with Meg. Um, Today, we this week actually, we learned more about climate change mucus. That's Mm. what that's what we learned. Climate change mucus. Is that that what you're calling this segment? Yeah, climate change mucus. So we know, like you know, oceans are like you know getting all fucked up and like toxic and like rising three millimeters every year and stuff because humans are parasites and stuff. It's like that. Um. And it's like, you know, maybe a problem, but like most people don't really believe it's a problem that the oceans are rising because of that stuff. But what we learned this past week is that what rises with the oceans is also mucus because hmm. the ocean is full of mucus because there are little <sighs> Ah! Sorry, I just. Sorry, I thought there was, I thought we were underwater for a minute. No, I just had to clear my throat for a second there. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Um, um, so what we learned all about is that there are these four-inch critters that 
are uh, uh, creating mucus palaces. That's not me. That's in quotation marks because scientists called them mucus palaces, which is awesome, particularly at the Monterey Bay Aquarium Research Institute, they called them mucus palaces. Um, these little four-inch critters live in little houses of snot that they blow out of, of a hole in the top of their heads. And when the <laughs> snot comes out of their heads, it's a fully formed house. And all they have to do is blow up the house. And then they live in the house. And the house has two chambers, the outer <laughs> chamber to catch food, and then the inner chamber to bring food to their mouths. Mm -hmm. And they're so big that it's like the equivalent of a human making a five-story house, but every day because the ocean moves and stuff. So the houses get blown away and stuff. And so they just fill the ocean full of old um, mucus palaces. And everyone knew that apparently, if you're a scientist who goes underwater and stuff, but the people, namely some ocean scientist lady called Kajita, finally sent a team down there to look and examine it enough that they could make a 3D copy of it. And laser scan technology means that they could recreate it in a lab. And they're understanding a whole bunch of architectural stuff about how to make housing structures in ridiculous places like the ocean. And those so, NASA engineers are looking at it when they want to build houses on the moon. And the creatures are four inches and they're named larvations, which is a funny name because they live in snot palaces and the ocean I is full of their homes. I barely followed any of this, but I can't help it. I can't help but feel like these mucus palaces are dangerously close to just what it feels like growing up with Jewish heritage. Please say more things like that right now. <laughs> I'm just saying. When, when, when you grow up as an Ashkenazi Jew, there's so much congestion all the time. There's so much mucus. Every season, aller allergy season is every season. I swear to God. It's rough. So I, I, feel, I feel like these mucus palaces are, are speaking to me on a fundamental level. And then you may be at home. You may survive when the climate change apocalypse happens and the land is covered in ocean mucus. I'm, yeah, I'm just excited to get one of these five-story, you know, 24-hour palaces myself. Apparently they're, they're studying it. I can, I can have two chambers, one to collect food and one to move food into my mouth. Kind of, that's yeah. all, that's all I need. It's like the millennial dream. That's true. Yeah, where do I where do I sign up for a uh, delivery service to get a new mucus palace delivered to my door every day? I mean, we're one step closer. That's what this week news is really about. <laughs> I need a, a mucus palace subscription service. We'll, we'll we'll work on the title for that. I wonder when they're going to first start 3D printing houses. I feel yeah. like that's tertiary related to this. Like, um, I, I sounds like, like it. I feel like we're on the horizon of that. Probably, probably over the next twenty years, they're gonna three D print a house or two. Mm. Have, you ever, have you ever been to a midwestern suburb? They're practically the same 
thing. Mm. Everything looks the same. Stepford is real. They are. It's it's lovely. You, you you never have to worry about you know going around the corner and being surprised by something you don't expect. Like or black people. Recognize? Yeah, <laughs> certainly that. Uh, you also also you shouldn't. If you're in a proper suburb, you shouldn't be able to tell where you are. Like, yeah, that's 50 feet from your home, if, if you live in a suburb, within 50 feet of your home, you should already be lost because everything looks identical. I'd that love Parker if that didn't happen to me. Look at you. That is my, my parents' neighborhood. They live directly adjacent to a golf course and I cannot navigate their neighborhood at all, and I hate it. Um, Is your last right. name White? Yeah, how did you know? I just figured. I, you know if them? I lived, if I lived directly next to a golf course, I think I would fuck with golfers so much. <laughs> you could, you could ruin their stupid game so easily because you know they go to the golf course for like their peace and quiet or whatever because they're like rich pieces of shit who pay for like golf course memberships i would blast music all the fucking time i would stand on my yard with my dick out they'd be like oh i'm here to relax with my golf club and then they just see me like on the on the side of like you know wherever they're trying to like hit a ball towards like the little flag like waving my dick at them ruin ruin their day in their little in their little polos why don't they get polos that fit? That's what I want to know. They're little polos, always in their little polos. Yeah, why are they always wearing these like goofy little polos? What's wrong with them? <laughs> what were you saying, Meg? To identify each other. I said I know that I'm a left-handed golfer because I was raised by white people, and I had to go sometimes. Ew. Oh no, I, I had to go to golf sometimes too. Oh, I I would yeah. Oh yeah, oh, no. golfing. It's like here, let's do nine holes. He's like, what? Is... My dad kept. My dad always told me that like the golf course is where business is really done, and I was like, I don't ever want to do business then. What kind of business <laughs> does your dad do, Dan? Really, um, we can do this every week. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's a shtick. Oh, you know, he's the uh, he's the CEO of Birkenstock. The coolest company if you like overgrowing your toenails and showing it to people. How many, uh, oh. how are his Birkenstock stock options? Are Birkenstock stocks doing well these days? Uh, I don't know. We don't talk. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's, uh, let's, let's move on from uh, snot palaces to uh, wh whatever kind of loveliness Dan's got going on over there. You got for us, pal. Yeah, so I found uh, I found a uh, a really cute story out of I believe the UK, and I'm calling this one Insta Granny, and oh it's about this it's about this 59 year old grandmother, and <sighs> her name is Sandra her name is Sandra Maria Brooke, and she's a she's a saucy dame. Oh, I'm already getting hot under the guys, collar over here. I don't know if you guys are on OnlyFans, but uh, if you're not- If you're married, how dare you? If you're not on OnlyFans, it's a great way to make some extra cash on the side. And this granny, uh, Grandma, Grandma Brooke, 
she saw that her daughter was making a good amount of money with an OnlyFans, and she was like, I'm going to try it out myself. And she's really successful at it, and she was able to quit her job, and now she's making 1,300 euro a month selling what this article describes as saucy snaps online. And I'm going to send you guys a... I'm going to send you guys a picture. That's okay. You don't have to. Yeah, let's do it. Maybe not. I'll send you a picture of this cute granny. All right, I'm deleting. uh, Dan, Dan, I'm seeing a link. It just got sent to me in Slack. I'm going to delete Slack. So I don't know how we're going to communicate tomorrow. Yeah, there's a cool picture in this article that shows some of an example of some of her pictures in this and she's wearing what looks to be a ballerina outfit or something oh, no. with, with white stockings and she's bending over so you can it's like this thong thing with stockings and you can see the shape of her butt and so I gotta say for her, it's, it's a glittery white leotard with yeah. white tights and I, gotta, I gotta say for a 59 year old granny she's you know she she's working it she's she's working what She's working, working what her mama, bless her soul, in heaven gave her. I have a question I don't want you to ever answer, okay? For the record, I don't know what OnlyFans is. Wow. So that's my question that's, that I want you to never answer. That's just, it's amazing. It's just a statement that is actually a question and please never tell me, okay? It's amazing that you can be so detached from the media. Mm. You work in the media I know. now. Okay, Meg. So OnlyFans, if you're an entrepreneur of sorts, you can start Mm. an OnlyFans account and you can post nudes of yourself online or, you know, not just nudes, sometimes sexy pics, just kind of, you know, even not say even whatever you want. Like you don't even have to be sexy. You can just post whatever the fuck you want. And there's a paywall and people pay you. How is this different than my, um, my Friendster account, Dan? Your your what? My my friendster account. I don't know what friendster is. Are you under thirty or something? I don't understand. What? I yeah. am. I am. You under know 30. my my oh. MySpace. You're the only my, one here who's under thirty, motherfucker. I don't know what you're talking my about. My GeoCities oh. site, Dan. My GeoCities. The neon green font. Oh. The Angel Cities. Oh well, if you should have said Angel Fire early on, and then I would have. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. About. Yeah, how is it different than my my Angel Fire? I actually don't know because I've actually never used OnlyFans and I've tried to I've tried to see what it's about and you go on OnlyFans and like you need to sign up and I'm not going to sign up for an OnlyFans account. What are you your pussy? Yeah. Well, actually I guess I mean I guess theoretically I have this burner email account I use and the name I use for the account is the name of this guy I went to high school with. And the email account is his name and I use his name for just various things. And I use it to sign up for any sort of like any deviant stuff I'm ever doing Mm -hmm. online. I sign up under this guy's name. He's this guy I went to high school with. I've written about him in a number of articles. Uh, His name is Danny Cutler. And yeah, he's he he's just a normal guy, but he he he's kind of he's he's one of those guys who do do you know any of those people who there's like 
like the real person and then there's the mimetic version of that person that based off of how much you and other people you know make fun of that person it's like the mimetic version of them kind of supersedes the real version of them only you so when you think behind your back well, that wouldn't surprise me, actually. I think I'm a good guy to do that with. But it's like when you think of that person, you're not actually thinking of the person they actually are. You're thinking of this idea you have of them that is entirely fabricated. It's not even their idea of themselves or their projection of themselves, but it's a version of them that you made up just by ridiculing them so much. And that's this guy I went to high school with named Danny Cutler. And he's... So you Danny Cutler? Yes. So he's... The kind of person who you always refer to by both names. Yeah, he's yeah. It's Danny Cutler. My my friends and I have a Cards Against Humanity set that we've been uh, kind of playing with throughout the course of a decade, and we have oh, that's, so that's, many that's Danny cool. Cutler cards in that set. Yeah. Did he have a side room off of his bedroom in which he kept antique photographs that he's stolen from various parties throughout the years? What was that from? Was from a John Mulaney, Mulaney comedy set. Right, right, the John Mulaney set. But uh, hold on, let's not let's not interrupt this this fascinating story. You and your friends have like a a custom. Cards Against Humanity set that you guys develop and play with amongst each other? Yes. And we've played it, we've played it so much that it's really interesting. <laughs> Cards Against Humanity is a fucking terrible game. It is a stupid garbage game with not funny jokes. But our set of Cards Against Humanity is this, it's almost become this weird meta strategy game where the goal of the game, a lot of the time when we play it, is to do the least funny combination of things possible, which in turn becomes funny. And oh, a lot for of sure. Time, I can a tell. Lot of, a lot of the time it has to do with combining cards in clever wordplay sort of formats, or using the card agriculture in new and interesting ways. But Danny, okay. remember... Remember when we talked about how your irony can circle back into an abyss of endless, not funny, but maybe funny, ironic references from which no one returns and no one's <laughs> ever happy about? Hey, do you guys, when, when you guys play this game, do you, so you have some like custom cards you said? Yeah, so my, my friend- I have a question. You, What's that? <laughs> I was just looking for a yes or no because I have a question. You have some oh, custom yes. cards. Yes. Oh, okay. Uh, yes, we have custom cards. Do you guys? Do you have? Do you have one? Just says. It's just a card that says. Says. Nerds. Do you have? Do you have that one? No. <laughs> hmm. So a 59-year-old, huh? What was yes, the second yes. image you were going to describe oh, to us? Yeah, the second, the second image I actually really like. So the second image, she has a bicycle. It looks like she's standing over a canal. I, I'm not sure if she's in Amsterdam or where she is. And she's wearing a pink shirt and those those pants that are kind of yoga pants, but they're set up like jeans. So it has the pockets. Oh, jeggings pants. Real. 
Jeggings, right, yeah. <laughs> so she's wearing jeggings and she's leaning over and sticking her butt out a little bit. And she's a little too old for her butt to be pert, but it does still have some shape to it. And uh, it's, just, it's just a really cool picture. And I like how this lady is really putting herself out there. And I think that considering how much money she's making doing it, 1,300 euro a month, and she's living off that, I think she's doing well for herself. I say you go, Granny. You're missing integral pieces of that second photo, Dan. One, her hair is mostly dyed blue. And this is an answer to Aaron, according to the, the caption. Um, one, her hair is dyed blue. Second, her hair is in, what is that? Space buns. Yes, high ponytail oh, buns. Yeah. Often populated by the influencers on Instagram who were born... Uh, oh, I didn't, past read, I didn't read the caption, and it was Amsterdam. I was right. It was Amsterdam. I knew it. I didn't even Don't read the caption. It's buns. there, but That's I didn't the most read it. Part you've ever said to me ever. Do you think? You ever send a picture of face buns to me again? I will. I I, I love I love this quote from her too. There's a quote from her in the article. A lot of fans seem to love my butt, which I am learning how to wiggle properly, and the soles of my feet. So the. She's in Amsterdam in that picture. Do you think? Do you think after she took that picture, she rode her bike over to the Anne Frank Museum? Yeah, she sort of uh, take it in. Oh, she loves history. Do you think she likes the history of war crimes, Dan? Probably. Like the ones that are taking place in the U.S. right uh, now. Apparently, uh. apparently, her audience. Her biggest audience is under 35, and she says, I love talking with them. Most of them are really nice and hot. Ooh, hold on. Now I'm interested. Sorry, I'm, I'm under 35. Yes, Apparently. so you could be you part of the biggest audience. Hmm? I think probably. I think, I think she'd probably <laughs> believe that you're Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> that is true. She is old. Her sight must be failing. <laughs> You have the same general <laughs> facial structure and nothing else. I just, I just want pictures of her now in the Anne Frank Museum, though. Like, I think we need that in jaggings, sticking her butt out. In the Anne Frank Museum. Mm-hmm. I'm glad. Yeah, you I really just, I really can't get over this that first picture though of her bending over and sticking her butt out in the leotard. I find that picture so funny. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to need about 10 minutes to get over that picture after we finish recording. Um, How dare right. you? You are married, sir. Come right. on. Thick. I will, I will go next with a very sad story in t that I am calling Oh, protest so yeah no it is it it's a genuinely upsetting story that i am choosing to call protest these nuts and the uh the headline of this story in fox news this is from ooh this is quite current this is from today or i think it, i think it's actually from yesterday it's um san jose police fire rubber bullet at own racial bias trainer during protests. Oh, I know this one. I know this one. I know what happens. Shut up, Dan. I don't. Comma. Maiming his testicle. 
If uh, the the one I the one I read was rupturing, it said rupturing his Ooh. testicle. Ooh, oh, okay. that's that's yeah, a better verb. Oh, uh, or, Keith, wait, tell me more things. I want to hear about testicles gone wrong. More illustrative, rupturing his testicle. So, well, if you think, well, if you think about a volcano, and then instead of a volcano, you picture a testicle. You can imagine what a ruptured testicle mm -hmm. would uh, would entail. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh, um. So, the article describes uh, Derek Sanderlin as a 27-year-old community organizer. Uh, he's a, a black community activist who spent three years training the San Jose police on implicit bias. So for anyone listening who isn't familiar with the concept of implicit bias, it's the idea that uh, racial prejudice expresses itself in more subtle ways than, you know, joining the KKK or using racial slurs. And, you know, these implicit biases can be detected, say, in when an unarmed man comes out in front of you holding up his arms and pleading for you to stop, you shoot him in the balls with a rubber bullet. Sorry, <laughs> I shouldn't laugh at that. <laughs> which happens to be uh, which happens to be what happened on May 29th to Derek Sandulin. Um, now the, the news has since come out that he suffered potentially permanent injuries from this this you know rubber bullets collision with his uh, with his testes. And I mean it's a genuinely very <laughs> It's a genuinely very sad story uh, because Sanderlin uh, has been married to his, his wife Kayla for the last four years and they, they don't have kids yet, but they were planning to have kids. And you know, this obviously puts that a little bit up in the air. Yeah, not no more. <laughs> Hope, hopefully his, uh, his other testicle, the non-ruptured testicle, is intact. You know, we, we, we await news of Derek Sanderlin's remaining testicle. Um, yeah, you know, I was, uh, hey, me, it's me, Officer Danny. It was uh, you? you know, I was actually, it was me. I was the oh, guy who yeah. shot him. Oh, oh you know, Dan. I was Officer Dan. I was telling, I was telling my friend, I was telling my buddy about it the other day at the ball, and you know what he called me? You know what he said I was? He called me a ball buster. <laughs> That was almost as funny as every episode of King of Queens. <laughs> That's funnier than every episode of King of Queens, but not as funny as every episode of The Big Bang Theory. Yeah, turn off your notifications, Dan. I don't know how. On the bright side, um, if his bald is broken, which I have no sympathy for because I don't have any, they could adopt, which I don't know. My parents did, which is why I guess I'm here. It's their Vault. Yeah, we need more more Megs in the world, am I right, Dan? Yeah, you know, Korea, adopt from there. So apparently, you know, Sanderlin was 
kind of on the sidelines. And uh, he says, the article here says he was disheartened to see how officers were treating protesters. I really just couldn't watch it anymore, he said, and just kind of made like a parallel walk over, put my hands up and stood in the line of fire and asked them to please not do this. And that's what they did. <laughs> that's Wait, when, that's when Officer like? Dan stepped in to uh, do what he does. You know, kind, you of, on a serious, like? kind of on a, on a slightly serious note here, I don't know how there is anybody watching the videos of what police are doing right now to peaceful protesters mm. and not thinking that these guys are like actual terrorists. It mm. is wild. It's, it's quite bad. I mean, oh, oh, I forgot to mention the best part. Uh, the San Jose mayor, you know, whatever, registered his dismay over the story, but said, you know, the last thing we need in this situation is to defund the police. Because we need, we need the kind of real substantive reform that's going to make a difference. For instance, like maybe they could hire, I don't know, just just throwing out ideas here. Maybe they could hire like a racial bias trainer, someone who can who can That would that would be a great free, idea. Yeah. They, the they cool can thing, use their the cool police thing. funding, since we're not gonna defund them, they can use their money to hire somebody who can come in and teach them about implicit biases and how, you know, if a right. black man steps in front of you holding up his arms you probably shouldn't shoot and, him. And, and when you hire a racial bias uh, expert for mm -hmm. the police, one of the greatest things about them, they provide so much value because each one comes with two balls to rupture. <laughs> He's a man, how dare you? Intersectionality here means the police I love angry it. about anything. No, Dan said expert. Mm, okay. <laughs> Wait, can you describe him? Just to get that in and clarify. Uh, I don't have a picture of him. Uh, the article just just describes him as a 27-year-old community activist, community organizer, and yeah. Okay, the, what's uh, his name again? Sorry. Derek Sanderlin. He's, he's black, in case that's what you missed. Derek Sanderlin. Oh, there he is. Okay. Oh, you found a oh, picture of him? Oh, he's tall. Oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, I, I haven't seen the picture of him. He's a tall boy with some like artfully groomed facial hair with glasses. That well, are well, he, oh, well, he's, he's tall. tall then, for me to if wear. he's tall, then the cops probably thought that he was a threat. Yeah, no, this this thin guy with glasses uh, who looks like, uh, I mean, no offense to Derek. I you 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 seem like you're probably a great guy, but oh, you look really? like what such a hipster. Hmm. How did you get? Teeth that white, Derek. Sorry. Anyway, yeah, no, Derek is the least threatening person I have ever seen. Uh, well, that's sad. All right. Um, so that that was a uh, protest. D's nuts. What uh? Me. What else we got? Dan? Or wait, no. Meg's turn. Uh, Meg. Meg. Back to the world under the sea, everyone. Ooh. Because 
I was a ball of nerves this weekend, this week and weekend, because, you know, mental disorders. Anyway, this is a lefty love story to lift you up or just uh, remind you that no one really knows how love happens. Mm. Uh, there is a whole article written by scientists once more. Um, let's really look to the hardcore science and uh, the objectivity of how the world of love works to remind ourselves that everyone really should just be alone and if you find love and you don't die alone you're just a lucky bastard so mm -hmm. there was a published uh finding in biology letters this last week by mostly an evolutionary geneticist dr angus davison thank you dr Avis davison about a left coiling snail that has been looking for love for a very long time and oh, this poor guy. He was, uh, Davison himself was in charge of overseeing this snail. His name was Jeremy. Let's hear about Jeremy. Jeremy had a abnormality in that his body symmetry went to the left. He was a left coiling snail. That his junk's going to be all wrong. Exactly. Exactly. It meant that your junk is on the wrong side. Can you imagine? Your junk was on the wrong side. So he was denied suitors when he tried to mate with people multiple times, which is with not people? something I'm saying. The snail I can was identify trying to with. mate with people? Perhaps. That's not going to work. You know what? They both said no, which is just rude. Good. I'm not speaking from personal experience whatsoever. I'm just saying that it's very rude just because you may be wired differently. So. Sounds like you are speaking from personal experience. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, so this snail couldn't find a mate because it was a little bit different. But what does Dr. Davison do? It takes, he takes to the internet. So hashtag snail love, if you were not uh, cool enough and online enough to be privy to, that invaded over a thousand posts on news, radio, television, etc. And it called for anyone who had ever seen a left coiling snail to please Bring attention to it so Jeremy could possibly find a mate. And after three years, uh, over 50 little eggs were hatched, and it was thought, yes, yes, that is Jeremy's offspring. So they were able to study them and understand a little bit more about left-leaning biology and how the left and right uh, anatomy work in animals and including humans in a large expansive study. Unfortunately, Jeremy had passed by the time they were able to conclusively <gasps> determine that they were his offspring oh. and that they contributed amazing benefits to our understanding of left and right biology. But as Dr. Davison said, you could say that we tried to recreate what made Jeremy different, but this was not possible. Jeremy was special. Oh. Which is really just to say that he was a, a genetic abnormality and he actually wasn't any pattern whatsoever and he was just kind of weird. But still, it's hey, a nice story. Do not, I feel don't like you dare, don't, don't you dare undermine the resurgent left movement happening globally right now. Jeremy, Jeremy is I, one I, of I, us. Yes. I can see the Jeremy story being illustrated by Eric Carle. I don't know who the fuck that is. Yeah, who is that? 
the very hungry caterpillar. Okay. Okay. Eric Carl. Is it just Jeremy fucking very... over and over again? Is like that Eric the book Carl that you're talking of about? the very hungry caterpillar fame? Yeah, he would do cute watercolor pictures of snails fucking. Mm-hmm. Eric um, Carl of the hungry caterpillar fame. Uh, I like how it's Pride Month, but I made this into about how you you're finding love, but you're wired differently. Oh, you're welcome. Um, what's I gonna say about uh? Oh yeah, I just never thought about the fact that all the snails you ever see have the same shape shell like yeah bit you don't think about it and i think that sometimes uh ignorance that's it, it i mean it's a, it really is akin to people who have invisible disabilities mm-hmm. so know, it's the kind of it's the kind of thing that people don't really think about. You don't see snails and you don't, you know, you just don't think about it. You think all the snails are the same and you're fucking wrong. Like, you're just exactly. fucking wrong, man. Razor and fucking your brain. The tying together of themes. Exactly. <laughs> um, it actually, it reminds me of a, a similar story about um, the world's loneliest whale. I, I just I pulled up a story about it on uh, on Tree Hugger uh, about I think it's a humpback whale who sings at the wrong frequency. <laughs> so all the other whales, you know, sing at the same frequency and they're talking to each other in the ocean, and this whale is out out there singing all to herself. Why yeah, doesn't she sing right? Huh? Maybe it's and, her fault. And speaking, what? Why? Spe- speaking of that, I think I think now would be a good time to plug our corporate sponsor, HelloFresh. Mm-hmm. Even mm-hmm. if you are the world's loneliest ma- whale, you can have food coming in for you to yeah. cook for yourself. You don't even need to go out. You can just be the loneliest whale in your apartment. And don't don't forget to sign up for their their new subscription service, HelloFresh Mucus. You deliver a fresh mucus palace to your door every day, and these are these are certified mucus palaces. Left um, or right, these guys. HelloFresh mm-hmm. has a whole team hand selecting globs of mucus for your mucus palace. Mm-hmm. They have expert larvations on their staff to inspect both chambers, so you can be guaranteed that this that your mucus palace is going to collect food for you in one chamber and deliver it to your mouth in the other. So, pretty pretty good deal from HelloFresh. Your first first week of uh, mucus palaces on the house. That's free with the code. You think, yep. Yeah, code. What? The, the code mucus palace. Get it for free you know, at hellofreshmucuspalace.com. Offer code. Speaking, uh, speaking of HelloFresh, Speaking of HelloFresh, I just want to do kind of a real plug for HelloFresh for a second. I have gotten so many free meals out of HelloFresh because I just keep making fake email addresses and getting their free week of subscription boxes. And sometimes I'll jigger the address. So I'll be like, oh, you know, I'll get it from, you know, I'll get it from apartment 304. And then it comes in, but it's addressed to me. So it's like, Oh, you, you know, I can catch it. I can see when it comes, and I can just keep using fake email addresses and getting free weeks of food. Honestly, try HelloFresh and then cancel it before they charge you. 
Sorry, Dan. That's that's the police. The the police were waiting for you to say that. This has been an elaborate it's sting legal. operation. No, it's completely we legal. You. We it's completely legal. It is completely legal. They set themselves up for it. They're not gonna the be mad. I know the you're trying to undermine do. the corporate sponsor, but they're not going to be mad at you for telling people to sign up for the free trial. Everyone no, forgets yeah, to they, cancel and gets charged. No, I'm telling you, this is a legit thing. And the coolest thing is if you forget to cancel, you can call them up and treat them like shit on the phone and they will refund you. <laughs> I'm telling you. Just a good only life if you're a white male. That's the caveat there. Only if you're a white male who sounds angry like a white male. Yeah, you call them. Yeah, you call them up on the phone. And you're like, "Excuse me." If you have a uh, a name that passes as white male, and you can do the, the white voice, you can do it. Exactly. And if you're POC, you know what the white voice sounds like because you have one. I forgot to cancel my HelloFresh order, and I am allergic to kale. <laughs> you guys think is Boots Boots Riley? Is that a white passing name? No. Are we sure about that? Because Riley, Riley for sure is white. Boots? Riley, I don't know. Yeah. White people, white people give their kids weird names. Maybe not I Boots. Know. I think I think Riley is mm. white if it's the first name, but if it's the last name, mm. I don't think it's white anymore. Yeah, it would be like Riley Bootson or something but like that. I know two people named Riley. There's this guy I went to college with named Riley. He's a bl- he's this tall blonde guy. And then there's Riley Reed, who's uh, you know her, Keith. Uh, mm-hmm. Those are the only Rileys I know. I know a Riley who's half Japanese, <laughs> half Irish because I was mistaken for her once and I resented her. Anyway, interesting. What the All fuck right. was this about? Should we uh, jump back into things? Yeah, where did where did we leave off? It's just. Dan's turn to do his next story. Is that where we left off? Yeah. All right. Yeah, Dan. that's where we left off. What do you got for so, us? So I actually have two stories. And the reason I did two stories uh, for my next one is because one of them is a really tiny little hit that's going to be my kind of weird story. And then the other right. one that I really wanted to talk about is a much bigger story that uh, brought up some kind of interesting existential issues that uh, I thought would be more interesting to talk about in depth, but it's not quite as weird. So I wanted to do a little weird one first to keep with the theme of our show. So the first story I have is called Mother's Day Beatdown. And I was looking at some Florida man stories, and in this one, it's just a lady and she got arrested on a domestic abuse call because it was Mother's Day and her kids gave her flowers and then she found out that her husband gave the kids flowers to give to her and that made her really angry so she beat up her husband and spit on him. Yeah. Sure. That's what you do. Uh, I'll show you a picture of her. She seems pretty angry. I don't know why receiving flowers for Mother's Day made her so mad that she beat up her husband. I imagine that maybe he wasn't the best husband. Maybe it was a long time coming. I don't know. Maybe that's victim blaming. We don't know. We don't know anything about it other than what we've been told. All right. Sorry. I'm, I'm not invested in this story because uh, your weird introduction where you're leading into the much bigger story. 
Okay, right. So the much bigger story I wanted to talk about is the J.K. Rowling story, which everybody's okay. talking about yeah. right now. So it's not a weird story. But I think there's some really interesting stuff to talk about. I found this headline that says, this on Entertainment Weekly, and it says every, it's a list of every Harry Potter actor who's spoken out against J.K. Rowling's controversial trans comments. And it's a list of them, and it's like everybody. It's Daniel Radcliffe, it's Hermione Granger, it's Ginny Weasley, it's like fucking Harry Potter, I don't know who they are. Percy Weasley, who the fuck is Percy Weasley? I don't know, Percy Weasley's talking, like speaking out against her. And I think there's something so interesting about the fact- Newt Salamander too. Oh yeah, it's yeah. He, Scamander, he not out. Salamander. I said Scamander because yeah, I mixed it up he, equally. It's me. <laughs> but the idea that, you know, she created this universe that was so generation defining as a piece of fiction. And then all of these actors built their careers on playing her characters. And mm-hmm. she is such a massive turf piece of shit that all of these people whose careers she launched are coming out and they're like, she's such a turf piece of shit. Like, we gotta say something. It must be so weird being her and having all of these people who are at this point, the cultural equivalents of the characters that you mm-hmm. created coming out and being like, shut the fuck up, turf. Like, Figments of her own imagination turning against her. I'm sorry. Isn't that wild? Isn't that crazy? Okay, but as an Asian person, since 2005, when Goblet of Fire got released, and she introduced a character named fucking Cho Chang, ha-ha, bitch! Finally! I feel like, I think Cho was introduced in an earlier book. Was she? She became the love interest in Goblet of Fire, but I I think she was... I thought she was introduced. I, I thought so, but oh, I, I only no. read that book twice. It's not my favorite. Oh, no, you know what? I'm mixing I'm mixing Cho Chang up with like Fleur de la Fleur. She's in the fourth book also. Yeah, uh, but she was, she is, de la Fleur was introduced in the fourth book. So she's introduced as the seeker of the Ravenclaw team. Ah, it doesn't I'm not finding which I mean, book. I'm just coming from the perspective, anyway. yeah, as an Asian American, but mostly as a fucking Ravenclaw. Every time I take the Pottermore quiz, I'm offended. <laughs> Every time I am a Ravenclaw bitch. She, she, she was introduced in book three as the seeker for Ravenclaw. Well, I wonder still. if this is finally going to be the thing that damages the, like, the legacy of Harry Potter. I, I kind of doubt it. I think Harry Potter is too prolific almost for anything. Like, I think, I think she could go out and molest children. Ugh. And I don't, think, I don't think people would stop jerking off over Harry Potter. But it is interesting. I went to, I went to high school with this kid who was obsessed with Harry Potter. Like fucking, he he would carry the books around. Every anytime you saw him, he had one of the books around. He was he was like known as like being obsessed with Harry Potter. And he put out like an eight paragraph post the other day on Facebook, just talking about how heartbroken he was. It seems like this is really the one that people are like, "Wow, J.K. Rowling is a piece of shit." Well, good. I mean, I don't 
think like Harry Potter isn't actually relevant in any way culturally anymore. It's only it's like cultural background radiation. Like it's always there, but there's nothing she could do that would affect that in any way. It's just it, it's you know it's background. It's white noise. Yeah, <laughs> particularly the white. Um, but yeah, as a I think it was Daniel Radcliffe in his essay, he said that if you, if the books resonated with you, then the book is between you and just the book and the author doesn't have anything to do with it, which is fine. It's a little bit Roland Barthes kind of author. Postmodern, death of the author. Yeah. But also, most importantly, Dakota Johnson of uh, uh, obviously Fifty Shades of Grey fame uh, once identified Harry Potter as a sneaky dominant. So at that point, we knew Harry Potter was just bullshit. <laughs> yeah. I never really got over the fact that they killed Dobby. Dobby's fucking dead. He's yeah, rotting in the ground. I don't consider that canon. Yeah. I think Dobby deserved to buried live. his dead body. Kill him off from a narrative standpoint. There was no reason to kill off Dobby. Yeah, no, I'm I, I'm I'm working on my expanded HP universe uh, you know collection where I I detail what actually happened to Dobby when he when he seemed to die. Um, mm. And you know, it's, it's all tied in with the uh, Elf Liberation Front and uh, various other anti-Zionist organizations. Yeah, you know what that sounds like? Cho Chang being fucking Scottish, bitch. That's about as realistic. I mean, speaking, and she I mean, is kind of weird. Scottish. I, I mean, speaking of weird racial stuff accent. in Harry Potter, the Gringotts goblins, man, like I. I think I was actually one of the first people online to put out an extensive article. Oh, about I thought you were going to say you were the basis for one of the Green Gods Goblins. At what website did you put out that article, Dan? No, yeah, like a year ago uh, on the website I write for, uh, I put out an article about how the Green Gods Goblins are kind of like Jewish stereotypes. And so this is like then, a medium post? Enough, hmm. No, I put it out on the I site that I'm paid to write for. And <laughs> since then, people have actually tweeted me being like, hey, I was writing an article about this thing and I quoted you. And it's really interesting being an authoritative voice on how J.K. Rowling portrayed the Gringotts Goblins as little Jewish men. Oh, no. Were they, how much were they portrayed like that in the books, and how much is that based on the movies? Oh, it was, it was even stronger in the books. Really? Because I, and, and I don't remember, I don't remember what exactly it was, but I took a lot of quotes in the article. I took a lot of quotes from the books and for how they were described. And like it's hook nosed or something? Yeah, like hook nose, greedy, like backstabbing, like covetous, only care about money. I mean, I mean they're basically if you Drink took baby blood. Nazi propaganda from the 1940s and you replaced Jew with goblins, that's basically what J.K. Rowling wrote. <laughs> uh huh. Uh huh. Uh -huh. Well, all right, but here's here's a theory. 
Maybe Hitler was just confused. Ooh. You know, he was actually yeah, maybe, he was actually maybe, writing about goblins. Yeah, maybe he, Hitler was really mad at goblins yeah. in the fantasy books, and he just confused it with the Jews a little bit. <laughs> that can happen. Actually, That's happened to me. I mean, interestingly enough, I do think what really happened was that goblins in fantasy were originally based off of negative Jewish stereotypes, but it became such an entrenched trope over time that it kind of became a fantasy trope instead of a anti-Semitic trope and continues to be used, even though the parallels are still very obvious to anyone familiar with 1940s era Nazi propaganda. Um, follow up on this though, if we can jump to a different universe. Do you have any thoughts on the, uh, the Ferengi in the, the Star what? Trek universe? The Ferengi? The, uh, I, I'm actually not familiar with that right, one. You're going to have to look the, into that. The, right. the, I'm Ferengi, Ferengi. the Ferengi are the, uh, the, the greedy merchant class in the Star Trek galaxy. The, the Galactic Federation within Star Trek. Um, but... The, far, the Farnagi? Ferengi. Yeah. It's all E ah, with I, I at the end. Uh, yeah, that, that, that's a little bit of a Jew. Yeah, it's almost like the entire West is built around to condemn other people who aren't really white. You know, it's got like way. the big ears and the sunken eyes. That's kind of Jewish. <laughs> See, I don't know. I, I've, I've had that thought, and then I thought I was being anti-Semitic for thinking that because I don't, I don't know if there's enough to go on there. But uh, getting, getting back to goblins, again, that's a situation where I wasn't sure if there was really enough to, to, to base that like anti-Semitic comparison on. But I just I just remembered the section in the book where she talks about how the goblins were so obsessed with foreskins. So yeah, yeah, yeah. They uh, yeah the goblins because I don't know if you remember the scene where the little um, the 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 key the head goblin I think his uh-huh. name was like Mordecai. He yeah. takes he takes Harry. He keeps calling Harry Harry, and uh-huh. he takes Harry deep into the bank vaults and then he he demands to look at harry's penis and he realized right. that harry isn't circumcised so, so he takes he, him to the little goblin moil yeah, so he betray, yeah he, he betrays him basically yeah because harry doesn't have a circumcision and uh more he's, to not, he's not a an mot as they say speaking of speaking of jewish stereotypes you know who's another big jewish stereotype Type that I don't think people a lot of the time are like ah Jewish stereotype Watto from Star Wars the oh, scrap sure. trader huge sure. huge Jew. although you you could interpret him as uh, Middle Eastern mm, I don't know that's true Cause, that's uh, true I'm because I also get um, the merchant from the beginning of Aladdin vibes mm. from Watto that's true. Robin Williams? Some what? different different kind of offensive stereotype. Did Robin mm, Williams the nose, do the voice though. of the merchant? Think, yes! Are you kidding? I don't, yeah. I don't I haven't 
I'm sorry, I don't was, have an encyclopedic knowledge of Aladdin. Was Aladdin not your obsessive compulsive movie watching habit as a child because I, it was the only non-white character you ever saw? I'm sorry, I forgot. I rewatched Aladdin recently. I rewatched Aladdin recently. Doesn't hold up super well. You know what does hold up super well? Lion King. Lion King is the only Disney like Disney animated movie that holds up super well. Yeah, but who has black hair? No thanks. Except it's fascist propaganda. Yeah, bitch. I'm drunk. I don't know. Lion King promotes fascist ideology, Dan. Good. <laughs> yeah. Pocahontas didn't do it for me for some reason. Aladdin, the only dolls I play with. Anyway, yeah. Pocahontas is a no, movie. Because you know why? They didn't fucking make Milan dolls. Anyway. Yeah, but they do now. Also, I support I support the fascist propaganda to some extent because I like arguing with people and if they stop making fascists, you know who am I gonna argue with? I have to be nice? Like I can't do that. All right, I'm gonna let's see. I'm gonna pick up with my story, which is uh, which I'm calling If it doesn't taste right, don't drink it. Oh no. <laughs> um, so the uh, the headline on this one coming out of Australia is urgent recall after gin bottles filled with hand sanitizer sold in Australia. No, no, you have to say everything after this point with an uh, Australian accent. Oh, we're doing that again. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, so that's another. It's another thing well, we're doing every week. Tonight. Huh? What was that, Dan? I said, oh, oh, crikey, mate. Oh, that was really good. Hey, uh, donkey. <laughs> donkey. What? Oh, is that, a kang- is that a kangaroo donkey? Nope. <laughs> Even so, Mike Myers apologized for that one. <laughs> I've never seen a kangaroo in my swamp, donkey. All right. Uh, oh, oh, I, uh, I uh, uh, So, uh, uh, an Australian liquor distiller has issued an urgent recall on bottles of gin after they, after finding they had been filled with hand sanitizer, which left at least one customer feeling sick. Uh, so this is, uh, in Australia, the Apollo Bay Distillery, which... You know, good on them in their in this time of need. They're using uh, their facilities to also produce some hand sanitizer, but uh, you know somebody got things a little mixed up. So at least at least nine bottles of the sand of the hand sanitizer labeled SS Casino Gin, which first of all, I'm sorry if you if you're buying uh, a a gin called SS Casino, you should absolutely expect it to be hand sanitizer. Uh, but anyway, uh, a customer apparently was not satisfied with this. Uh, she said she felt ill after drinking a glass of the incorrectly labeled uh, hand sanitizer at lunchtime. She got through a whole glass of it. Apparently, <laughs> she had a really bad headache and felt nauseous about an hour after, and she, she took some, some medicine to, to get it down. And apparently someone 
uh, responded on their Facebook page. S someone else had uh, had bought one of these mislabeled bottles and said, thought I was getting on well. I had no idea until now. If it doesn't taste right, don't drink it. Three exclamation points on that one, because that's, that's an important point. Be careful. Uh, so the company apologized and they, they assured customers that it, it's non-toxic, but uh, they still, they nonetheless issued an urgent recall to return it to where you purchased it. If you, if you happen to buy SS Casino Gin between uh, Friday the 5th and Sunday the 7th. So that's, that's just a, a public service announcement. If, if, you, if you have been drinking SS Casino Gin and it doesn't taste as delicious as gin usually tastes, uh, you know, it might be hand sanitizer. I'm sorry. I am a whiskey drinker pretty much mm -hmm. only. What is the fucking viscosity of gin <laughs> that could be mistaken for the hand sanitizer I have bought? There's liquid now. hand sanitizer, though. Not if all hand sanitizer. What? If you it's drink gin spray. and you drink hand sanitizer next to one another, can you taste the difference? I don't know. I've never drank hand sanitizer before, <laughs> I, so I wouldn't know. I'm fairly certain I could tell the difference because the gin would taste worse. Ooh. 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 Major burn, burn Australian distillery. Oh, <laughs> no, for you. And I'm not talking about shitty gin. I'm talking about all gin. Fancy gin, gin too. Gin I is gross. I think the lesson here is gin is fucking terrible, and you cannot tell if it's all if it's maybe hand sanitizer. Because to, to be clear, it, you really hate Daniel Kim's character on Lost. Yes. yes. Okay. I That's hate all, all Koreans. He's a Korean who pretends he can't speak English. He can fucking speak English! I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. um, I'm angry. I'm sorry. But, uh, do you, guys, do you guys remember the, like, the trend of bars that were all, like, all they served was gin drinks? No. no. Disgusting. I don't anyway. remember this happening ever. That was a thing. It was a, it was a briefly a thing in Brooklyn. Gross. Um, but yeah. Gin is gross. It's vodka that has been flavored with like pine needles and juniper berries. Speaking of things that no, have been briefly don't do a that. thing. Speaking of things though, that have been briefly a thing in Brooklyn, like what's what is your most hated briefly a thing in Brooklyn trend? Brunch, but it's still going on, and I fucking hate everybody who eats brunch. It's been like anyway. twenty years. Get over it. No, no, I'm I'm 30. It's okay. I can be angry at anything I want. Okay. Seriously, wait till fucking dinner at that point. I don't care. Just be an alcoholic. My most my most hated thing in Brooklyn are the really skinny white guys who think that they're experts on rap music. That's always just really mind blowing to me. Hold hold on, no, hold on. <laughs> Wu Wu Tang's third album? Are you kidding me? That's their best one. Like, if you don't, if you don't recognize that that RZA was on his game for that one, like, get out of here. That's what I say. I I, I painted the uh, the Biggie mural in my neighborhood. Yeah, man. I'll, yeah, man, I'll uh, I I I'll give you that. I don't. I <laughs> I, I have no idea. 
Um, I also hate the trend of uh, Yoko Ono syndrome of just all the you know white girl uh, Asian girls who walk around with their white boyfriends in Williamsburg, but that's like a given. That's a big one, yeah. You know what else I hate are the fucking guys who wear those dumb fucking flannels and have like the man buns. Like those guys can go like on it. Honestly, if you took every guy with a man bun and you just drowned all of them, I think that would be cool. Not poison, but drown? Like myself, wet, like messy? Myself, myself, myself included. That's so messy. <laughs> um, the uh, uh, cronuts, cr- cr- ramen burgers. Uh, oh man, mayonnaise stores. Remember when cronuts were a really big thing for like three days, and then everybody stopped caring about cronuts. Yeah, I never, I've never had one still. I, I mean, I, yeah, neither have I. I'm into it to I be honest. Like, I'll die. I love croissants and I love donuts. So I actually had like, a ramen I'll be burger. Adult. Try it. I had a ramen burger at one point, and let me tell you the. What the fuck do those two nouns have to do with each other? The ramen burger is okay. It's fine. <laughs> um, edible. What was the other? Oh. Mayonnaise stores? See, you ever see a, that one? Oh, that's a thing. There was one over on Vanderbilt Avenue near. Was it uh, like artisanal mayonnaise, like mayonnaise yeah. with aioli. Yeah, they they have like a bunch of different, a bunch of different flavors of aioli available. Do you know where Chuco Ramen is by any chance? I do. All right. Chuko is amazing. Yeah, Chuko is yeah, really good. It's delicious. They have like they have a veggie ramen that is it tastes way better than any any meat-based ramen I've had, which is weird. But um yeah, right next door to Chuko's location for like a year or two there was a a mayonnaise store. And I guess it went out of business at some point because Brooklyn hipsters just stopped buying mayonnaise. They got too self-conscious. No, I'm assuming they were they were probably bought out by like Tesla because ah. it was like too good of an idea for just this this one little storefront in Brooklyn. So they're probably working on the like the, te- the international the, launch. The mayonnaise car. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Tesla's gonna pivot. Open a store in space. <laughs> Tesla's going to pivot to a cartridge-based model, where you you buy a new Tesla for like five hundred dollars, but a new cartridge of the for the mayonnaise dispenser in your Tesla, that'll run you forty thousand bucks. Honestly, I would love to see a return to cartridge-based technology. I loved cartridge. I fucking See, hate everything being digital now. It's disgusting. Um, I, I was thinking of like ink cartridges in printers. Are you talking about like uh, video game cartridges? Any kind of cartridge. We don't have enough cartridges anymore. <laughs> All right, so so you're down for the uh, the the luxury mayonnaise cartridge? Yeah, installed in your car. Literally any kind of cartridge. I'm down with. 
All right. Um, I ignored you both as soon as you started talking about food as someone with food restrictions. Fuck you both. Um, I'm sorry. You're being racist against our people right now. Mayonnaise is a big part of our culture. You're melanin depleted people? Uh, yeah, D, D un, unmelanized individuals. You motherfuckers. Um, all right. So that, uh, that wraps it up for our weird stories this week. You guys ready to, uh, to call it and vote on these? Yeah, why don't we do that? Uh, yeah. All right. All right. So cast your votes. Are we, are we going climate change mucus? Instagranny, protest these nuts, lefty love story, Mother's Day beatdown, or if it doesn't taste right, don't drink it. Instagranny. I'm gonna vote for Instagranny as well. My own, my own wow. story. Loved Instagranny. Loved looks describing like, her. You would call it tuckets, I'm sure. Looks like we're uh, we're all voting with our. Uh, with our crotches today, because yeah. Good for Instagram. Oh yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that that does it for this week. So let's uh, we'll we'll sign off. See you guys next week for another round. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna go. If you can. <laughs> what was that, Dan? Yeah, Officer, Officer Dan, Dan take us away. It's Officer Dan saying, "Stay safe if you can." And you better hope you don't meet me on the street. <laughs> All right. Uh, gonna go spend some, some personal time with my computer and uh, Instagrammy's OnlyFans account. Bye. Bye. Bye.